Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah. Can you believe it? I've hit show 1600. Here we go. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest calling in from my old hometown, San Diego, California, Robin Bellucci. Robin Bellucci is the sports marketing manager at WD-40 Company and has been with this iconic brand since 2014. He was born and raised in San Diego, where I grew up, and is a lifetime motorsports enthusiast. Growing up, his family owned and operated a diesel repair shop, so Robin spent a lot of time in the engine bay and under the hood. He raced bicycles from a very young age and progressed to race mountain bikes professionally for over 10 years. After his racing career, he went back to school and attended the University of Oregon, just south of me here in Washington State, and graduated with a degree in advertising. He joined WD-40 Company in 2014 as a contractor to help launch the recently created bike line of their products. Shortly thereafter, he was offered a full-time position and quickly established himself as product knowledge expert and helped establish a sports marketing strategy to build the credibility of this new WD-40 product line by proving their efficiency and performance in cannot-fail situations. WD-40 has partnered with cycling, motocross, supercross, off-road trucks, rally, and motor GP, where the various WD products are used to compete and win at the highest level. We'll be back in a minute to talk with Robin and have some fun, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make this show possible. Sit tight, keep your seatbelt on, we'll be right back. The most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior isn't that drink your kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harsh UV rays damage your interior over time. They crack your dash. They fade the colors inside your car. And the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you. Their sunscreens are easy to use. They take seconds to install. And they protect your vehicle while parked in the harsh sun. They fold up easily and store away for those times you don't want to use your car cover. I have one for every one of my vehicles, and you should too. They come in a variety of colors and options, feature an accordion design that makes unfolding and folding them up a breeze. Want to give a gift that keeps on giving? Buy a sunscreen for your family members and your friends. They're custom made and fit almost any vehicle. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options that you're sure to love. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH120, that's Y-E-A-H-120 at Covercraft.com, you get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code YEAH120 at checkout, and you've got a deal. That's Covercraft.com. Use the code YEAH120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Get your sunscreen today. You'll thank me for it later. The fourth annual Saratoga Motor Car Auction will take place on Friday, September 18th and Saturday, September 19th. It will be held at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center in the beautiful Saratoga Spa State Park, located in upstate New York. Presented by the Saratoga Automobile Museum, a not-for-profit institution, this live event continues to be the premier collector car auction for the Northeastern United States. Proceeds from the auctions help support the museum's educational programs and exhibits that engage, educate, 
and inspire the automotive community. To consign your vehicle, view current inventory, and register to bid, visit SaratogaMotorCarAuctions.org. There you can learn how finance partner J.J. Best Bank and insurer partner Haggerty can help put you in your dream vehicle. That's SaratogaMotorCarAuctions.org. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're a racer and the Racers Group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you found Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing... These wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, all wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to talk about the 24. This wine earned 91 plus points from Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. It's a dark, spicy, and velvety blend with ripe blue and black fruits and very smooth tannins. The label features a three-dimensional full metal chronograph in a bright gold finish that pays homage to the Daytona Rolex winners received at Le Mans. The Racing Series is a fantastic gift for the ultimate enthusiast in your life. And I've got a deal for you today. If you use the code CARSYA, all one word, all in caps, when you're at the adoberoadwinery.com checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of wines from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout to get $10 off your purchase of the Racing Series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to Adobe Road Wines today and use the code CARSYEAH at checkout. Cheers! Hey Robin, welcome to CARSYEAH, my friend. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yeah, absolutely. I've been looking forward to this. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Maybe what I should have said is do you have your helmet on and some gloves for a fun ride on that mountain bike? Because that sounds like something you've done. <laughs> you know, having uh, with you living in San Diego where I grew up, I did a lot of mountain biking down there and there's still a lot of very cool trails. How's the uh, the sunny weather down there today? It's good. The weather's good today. We've got, you know, the typical, uh, well, we're into july now but a little bit of the lingering june gloom but i like it i like the cloudy days and get out on your bike and and not get burned by the sun and and the weather's nice well i'm a little jealous i'm gonna be heading down your way here in a couple weeks so uh, i look forward to getting some sunshine because up here in the northwest our summer seems to be delayed for some reason it just hasn't quite quite shown up yet so at least there's no rain today but uh, we'll see what we can do about that before i jump into the questions with you robin i want to ask you this What's one thing that most people don't know about you? I like to sail. That's kind of a fun little fact. Growing up around the water and in the marinas, I picked up sailing as a kid. So, yeah, I like to sail on occasion. I'm not getting out there as much as I used to, but it's still really fun, and I still kind of remember how to do everything. So that's, that's something I think, yeah, not a lot of people know. We know that's kind of a fun thing. And being in California with the water there, I used to sail in a catamaran with friends down off La Jolla Shores. There's a little boat launch area there. And we'd go sailing up and down the coast in a catamaran back in the days. And 
I love that. That was fun. And San Diego Harbor has beautiful place to go sailing. So once again, I'm a little jealous of what you get to do down there, Robin. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Well, let's start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that perhaps is instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a nice way to get the bicycle wheels turning here on Cars, yeah? So Robin, take the wheel. Yeah, for sure. You know, one thing that's kind of come more into how I operate, especially at this stage in my life, but I, I kind of grabbed it while I was racing is really focusing on actions and not outcomes. Um, it's something that kind of stuck with me when I started understanding how to train and how to prepare myself for racing. And what I realized very early on in my racing career, but not understanding really how to implement it until a little bit later in my career was that, you know, actions are all about process. Mm -hmm. And so there's steps along the way that you can focus on. Outcomes are all about control. And so what I realized was the more I focused on outcomes, the less control I actually had. It was kind of a paradox and it took me a while to really figure out the power of it. So when I really can think about something that I've really clung on to throughout my career now is just really focusing on actions and process. And usually it ends up putting me in an outcome that I wasn't even thinking about that's much better than how I entered into the, the whole project. You know, this is fascinating because I've had hundreds of race car drivers on my show from all levels, from people that race off-road to endurance racers to Formula One racers, IndyCar racers. And one of the things I hear from them is a lot of races are won before you even get to the track. And it, it, it ties, it seems to tie to what you're talking with a little bit here about preparation and action form. So how have you translated that concept from racing into the work you do there at WD-40? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, when we first started, when I first came on board and we were launching the bike products, and that was right around where we, shortly after we launched the specialist products too, there was always a, a conversation of, of our outcomes and, and where we want to be. And that was a good guidepost for me to understand how to get there. But I really had to focus on the steps that, I needed to take in the immediate moment. And it's really about, you know, starting where you are. And so I had to really think about that and understand how to get us and help get us to the next phase of, of our business, which is getting the awareness around our specialist products, over 20 of them now. It was very easy to implement that at that point to understand, okay, here are the steps we need to take to really get to that end goal rather than focusing on the end goal. And then there's all this stuff in the middle that can usually fall by the wayside. So it's really the same actually as, as training for a championship or even taking that run that you're going to take or lining up at the grid for the race car. At that moment, you've done all this work, but even while you're racing, focusing on the corner or the next jump or the next obstacle rather than thinking about, well, I need to get this specific time or I need to come in under this, you know, moment. Right. Exactly. You know, you studied the sim similar things I studied when I was in college. That's marketing and so forth. And at WD-40, that's obviously a key part of what you do. And I want to talk a little bit about your business because WD-40, in my mind, is one of those iconic brands, that blue and yellow can that we all have in our garage. I've used the product since I was a kid playing with my little Schwinn bicycle back when I was trying to turn it into an off-road bike. I wish I had had the 
wherewithal to think of creating that whole industry like so many people did. But back when I was a kid, we just had banana seats and monkey bars. And but I wanted, <laughs> you know, I wanted to do more. And I remember my dad even making me different kinds of handlebars. So they were spread out longer so that when you went over rocks and stuff, you know, you could control the bike better. Uh, with WD-40, what's amazing to me and what I didn't realize was there's so much more than that one iconic brand. So when you're trying to develop, take an iconic brand like that and then spread it out across all the different brands that you are products, I should say, that you offer, uh, what was one of the biggest challenges that you faced in that respect? Um, I'd say one of the biggest challenges was really establishing our credibility in those different products. And we really had to kind of go back to how we created the first product, which was for a specific use. So we really had to embrace that story and embrace that type of vision all the way down into our innovation and, uh, and into our R&D team to really come up with specific formulas for specific uses. So it was really a challenge because by the time we launched the specialist line of products, our original multi-use products had already had over 2,000 uses. So we're really kind of known around the world as this one product does it all. Right. So we just kind of had to go back to the drawing board in each of these products and remind everyone that when we first made the formula for the multi-use product, it was for a specific use and, and there was a focus there. And we have that focus, that same exact focus now when we're making a contact cleaner or the spraying stage gel or our penetrant with the flexible straw. Those are all there to solve specific problems for our end users. And so that communicating that to everyone has probably been one of the bigger challenges. Yeah, I, I think it's really true. When you think about brands that try to spread out, uh, I think of McDonald's. And the reason it comes up in my mind, because Ray Kroc used to live in, in, in San Diego. He and his wife, of course, the guy that took the McDonald's brand to worldwide prominence. I won't say he invented it because he really didn't. The McDonald brothers did. But he spoke at one of my marketing classes when I was going to school down there. And he talked about how do we become more than hamburgers and french fries? And how do we get into other products? And because people think of us as just hamburger and french fries. So when you relate this to WD-40, let's touch a little bit on some of the specific products that maybe some listeners out there haven't visited the website because they just go to their local store and they see the can and they pick it up. You guys are like everywhere. I see in grocery stores and Target and I mean all these different mm -hmm. types of places. What are some of these specialty brands? And I know you got a whole lot, so we won't go through all of them. Our listeners can go and check them out. But let's say if I was going to ask you for just three, four, maybe five that are specific to not only say the mountain biking that you do, but also working in the garage on your vehicle, what would they be? Yeah, um, there's a few that really come to mind here. So one of them are true multi-purpose grease. We have a full line of greases, but the true multi-purpose grease is definitely a highlight. So when we were looking at greases and how to create, what do we want to do? We didn't want to just create another grease that already exists out there. We really want to try to make something unique, make something that's going to solve people's problems. So we came up with this formula that has a calcium sulfonate base. And what that allows is it, it allows it to have a very high drop point, a flash point to where the grease starts breaking down over 600 degrees. Most greases out there, it's right around 300 degrees. Wow. And so by taking this base, we were able to create this high performance grease. Now, I think the kicker here is, is that we were able to do it at a price that was affordable to most people. There's greases, um, really high end greases out there. 
but you're talking 40 or 50 bucks a bottle or a tube and it gets really expensive. So we found a way to design the formula and create a manufacturing process and a distribution process that was going to be able to offer this high level product to everyone, including the pros at a price that's reasonable at a location that is accessible for them, making it easy to find, easy to buy. So I think that's where we come in when we're, when we're launching a product like that. And I can talk about our non-aerosol degreaser as well. This is a product that is water-based, fully biodegradable. It works really well, but we're really looking at the full picture. We want to make the best product, the best formula, but we also want to make it accessible to everyone to buy at a, at a price that they would be comfortable paying. So all our specialist products fall into that line and into that kind of category. So we've talked about the true multipurpose degrease, the non-aerosol degreaser. Since I touched on maybe list five, what are, say, another three go-tos that the average at-home DIY guy would definitely want to have in his garage as a go-to? Yeah, absolutely. Our, our uh, penetrant, our penetrant with the flexible straw, this is a great product. My torch usage dropped uh, dramatically when I started using this pro- product um, uh, yeah. on some of my own personal projects. Our dry lube is really good. It's a fantastic formula that will last about 10 times longer than our multi-use product in situations where you have like outdoor use with dirt and grime. The dry lube is really good around cutting blades for saws works really, really well. Our silicone too is pretty much a must-have in your garage. It's great on windows and places where you have plastics and Teflon, but also holds up really well to moisture anywhere where you might have mold building up. So I would say those, yeah, the non-aero degreaser, the true multi-purpose grease, the dry lube and the silicone are really kind of must-haves in your in your garage and at your house. Absolutely. And when we go back to the tried and true, what we all know is the WD-40 in the yellow and blue can. You know, one of the things that's fun is you go online and you you say, what are all the things you can do with WD-40? And you get these lists on Google that are just <laughs> miles long. And some of them you go, what? Really? So let me ask you this. Is there one or two uses for the tried and true WD-40 that even surprised you when you learned about it? Yeah, I'd say one is actually kind of goes back to my upbringing and working on diesel engines. And when we would rebuild engines, and my, I can't really take credit for doing that. I was just, you know, handing the wrenches to my dad. But he, uh, he started using the original multi-use product to prime the engines after they've been freshly rebuilt. And he said it was really good for doing that. And it helped really well. And I thought that was interesting because you need something that isn't going to damage the engine. And when you have that fresh start and it first wants to fire up, there's always that issue of not getting oil into the engine quick enough. So that was one use that really surprised me. And he said the engine is able to digest the multi-use product better than any other like first engine start products that are out there. So that was a surprising use for me. No kidding. Uh, I, I didn't even think about that. So very cool. Well, I love it. Well, the, the brand is, again, such an iconic brand. There's so many uses. And uh, I'll make sure I put a link. Obviously, WD-40 is easy to find, WD-40.com. Uh, just go there and check out the incredible line of products. Again, I was really blown away. I had no idea there were so many very cool multi-use products or singular-use products under that banner of the WD-40 brand. So check it out. Robin, I want to talk about a challenge or even a big failure that you faced along the way in your life. This could be in life 
life, career, business, whatever it might be. But I want you to take us on a journey there. Tell us what you went through. But more importantly, how did you overcome that situation? And how did that learning experience help you gain even more momentum as you move forward in a positive way? Yeah, for sure. When I graduated from college, I kind of uh, left behind the whole career in racing. So I had this whole life that I had been you know, living and, and built up over many, many years since I was a young kid. And after graduating college, I kind of wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I ended up taking a job out in Colorado, working for a, a bicycle electronics company. And, you know, I just wasn't really that happy. And um, being a racer my whole life, I was so used to just, you know, having a plan, having everything kind of more or less figured out what I was going to do year on year. So that was a really difficult time for me. I actually ended up leaving that job in Colorado and moving back to San Diego and and went through about a year of just uh, really trying to figure out what I wanted to do long term. Sure. I ended up getting a job at a bike shop and eventually through that job met some people at WD-40 and, and here we are six years later. Yeah. Um, but now reflecting back on that, what it really taught me was that uh, life's timing isn't always my timing. And usually when there's some sort of discomfort in me, in my mind or in my current life situation, there's something bigger at work preparing me for that next stage. And so now I've learned a little bit how to lean into those situations because yeah. <laughs> I can kind of be aware of them more often now yeah. and really just, you know, have the patience to understand that, you know, there's probably something going on here and the timing's going to come around and you're going to end up in a place that you didn't even expect. That's been a big learning for me and something that was a, a big challenge because I didn't go to college until my late 20s. So it was one of those moments, you know, late 20s, early 30s, trying to figure out what I really wanted to do. You know, it's a great lesson in life. I had a guest on the show years ago. His, his uh, mantra or success quote was, learn to get uncomfortable. And he had found in his life that when he was uncomfortable is when he progressed to the next level. It's when we're comfortable and we sit back and coast. And there's a great metaphor for bicycle racing. You don't want to sit back and coast anytime and especially yeah. not in life because it doesn't push you to the ne next level. So thanks for taking us there in that interesting challenge. And I'm so glad it found out a positive way, led you to a positive way in your life. Let's take a short break and thank our sponsors here. We come back. We're going to talk about your personal journey in the automotive world, the bicycle world. So sit tight. We'll be right back. American Collectors Insurance, that's who now protects my Porsche Turbo. Yeah, the one I call my orange crush. When it came time to renew my policy, my carrier jacked my rates up, even though I'd been with him for years. I'd never made a claim. No tickets, nothing. What's with that? Adios. So I started shopping around and kept hearing about American Collectors Insurance from fellow automotive enthusiasts, friends, and folks in the car industry. I did some investigating and learned that American Collectors Insurance have been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I'm not a price shopper when it comes to insurance. I want to be able to sleep at night. I also want agreed value protection for my special ride. With an agreed valued policy from American Collectors Insurance, I'll be paid what my vehicle's full agreed value is. A number I set with the insurer at the start of the policy so I know there will be no surprises about what my car's value is, should something terrible happen. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH, that's 866 224 
888-789-9324 and protect the ones you love. Make sure you tell them Mark sent you. You'll be glad you did. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for enthusiasts and collectors. It's your monthly must-read. Whether you dream of owning a collector car, maybe you have two, or maybe you've got 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Cars Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at Sports Car Market. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH. And you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars Yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. Let's take a pit stop from the conversation and talk about my charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. One of those nonprofits is very near and dear to my heart because it's right down the road from the Cars Yeah headquarters. It's the LeMay America's Car Museum in Tacoma, Washington. One of the world's truly great automobile collections and one of those must-see bucket list destinations for car people like you and me. If you haven't seen it, I hope you make a trip soon. And if you have seen it, it's probably time to visit again. To learn more about this fantastic museum, go to www.americascarmuseum.org. And while you're there, you can donate to help them keep their engines running. That's www.americascarmuseum.org. All right, we're back, Robin. Uh, I'd love for you to share a story that instigated this passion you have with. I, I normally ask people for cars, and if you want to talk about cars, that's fine. Or if you want to talk about bikes, that's fine too, wherever you want to go with this. But tell us what that pivotal moment was in your life when you knew this was a passion for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it goes back to my childhood. So my family had a diesel repair shop, so I was kind of born into that. And uh, at a very young age, they call people grease monkeys. Um, You know, I think that's a a pretty well-known term, but I got that nickname at a very young age. I just loved being in the shop. I loved getting my hands dirty, getting under the car. Most of the time, I had no idea what I was doing. But when I look back, that was pretty much the moment. I just, you know, after school, a lot of times, if I didn't have a bike race, you know, I would ask my dad, hey, I want to go to the shop. And he would come pick me up or he would send one of one of our employees to come pick me up and I'd go there and, and work on cars and make stuff. So that was really the pivotal moment. But I'd say the second moment where it really stuck with me is when I got my first car at 16, 
I realized that what I liked to do for fun was just put gas in the car and go drive. So I used (laughs) to, you know, save up money um, or ask my dad for money or mom for money. And and I would just fill up the tank and I'd go drive to Julian, which is a little town outside of San Diego. Oh, yeah. Julian and apple pies. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And I had a little uh, five-speed manual, early 1980s BMW 320i. You know, when my dad first gave me that car, he was uh, nice enough to put a paint job on it, but the head gasket was blown. So he said, you know, here's the parts. Tools are in the garage. If you need any help, let me know. And it never ran well. I, al- I was pretty much the only one who could who could <laughs> drive it. I never got it to idle well, but yeah. It taught me how to, you know, double clutch and, and have one foot on the brake and the gas at the same time so the engine wouldn't die at the stoplights. And yeah, yeah those were moments in my life that definitely I, it started like, yeah, I'm definitely a car person. I'm a car guy. I like doing this stuff. Yeah. So that was, that was probably the big eye opener. Well, you brought back a good memory for me, Robin, because we used to go up to Julian when I was a kid with the family. I mentioned apple pies. We go up there and get apple pies and go for hikes and stuff. I was so fun. And later when I started driving, uh, yeah, my friends and I would do tours up there in our cars and drive up to Julian when I was in high school and college and fun roads and fun trips and so forth. I even once did a bike ride from Julian back to San Diego with a group of people. Uh, my friend's mom had a big camper, so she kind of went ahead of us, and we made it a two-day, kind of a two-day trek, and uh, we'd stop along the road and what, the first night and camp out and stuff, so uh, she, had, she had those apple pies for us. It was always a good thing to get to. Now, that leads me to the next question, that's your first really special car. You mentioned that 320i. Was that your first really special car, that BMW? You know, it'd be a toss-up, but I think it's going to go to the next vehicle that I had. I had a few vehicles in my early teens because I just drove the wheels off of them and they kept breaking down. But <laughs> I would say the first <laughs> really special car was a late 80s uh, Dodge Power Wagon. Well, there's a switch from a, a BMW to a <laughs> Dodge Power Wagon. What the heck was going on in your mind? Oh, yeah, I know. Well, you know, a lot of this came from from my dad. So I, you know, he'd say, Hey, I thought I got this really good deal on this, on this cool old truck and he'd buy it. And then I would just kind of adopt it and be like, I want to drive that. So that was probably my first special car. And I did a lot of things with that car, but one trip uh, that sticks out is a a friend of mine and I, we decided we wanted to take this trip where we were going to drive down to Glamis, which are some dunes down past El Centro. And we were going to try to drive from there all the way up to the Mojave desert without hitting any pavement. And uh, we were completely unprepared. (laughs) This would have been in the late 90s. -hmm. So we took off with a cooler, some water and food, some basic tools, some paper maps. And uh, we made it all the way up to uh, right where you get into Big Bear, basically. You have to hit a little bit of pavement to get up into Big Bear. Sure. We took this uh, Jeep road down into the desert. But the long story or the short of it is, on our way back, the exhaust fell off um, oh, on no. the freeway oh. and uh, started sparking all over the place. And we had to pull over and I got under there on the side of the road and uh, took the exhaust off from the headers. And then we had a straight 318 small block um, headers out to the ground. It was the loudest thing you could imagine driving on the freeway. Uh, no kidding. Uh, but it was just a really special car. I had a great time. Um, it really stuck out. I, you know, I did some little tricks that I don't recommend, uh, with it, you know, with the e-brake and all that, but really learned how to drive in that vehicle. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that, yeah, Glamis, so you went up by, uh, what were those, there's some sand, uh, the Algodones dunes? Is that uh, the the sand dunes there that are by Glamis? Yeah, that whole area is one big kind of desert area with, yeah. with dunes. Um, I don't know the, the specific name, we've always just called it Glamis. Yeah, yeah, now we used to go out there, ride motorcycles. Uh, off-road motorcycles I had mm-hmm. a friend who had a bunch of those and they had uh, a van with some trailers we'd even camp out there and, and go out there and have some fun that's kind of northeast of el centro right brawley and uh slab city yeah that bizarre place Big- uh, yeah yeah exactly yeah it's all out in that area yeah yep. in the salton sea oh yeah man you're just taking me down memory road here today robin that's that's pretty fun but i, <laughs> I what a switch from a late 80s bmw to a dodge power wagon oh my gosh that's a quite a switch yeah well this is going to make the next question very interesting then if you woke up tomorrow robin and you were a vehicle you were actually manifest as a vehicle not what you want to be but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle this could be a truck, a car, or a mountain bike, whatever. What would Robin be and why? That's a really good question. You know, I think when I look at my life and, and kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of reflection on like what I'd want to be, but then also what really fits uh, based on, you know, my life and, and lifestyle, I think I'd be an early 80s VW rabbit pickup. Oh, oh my <laughs> Super God. Super funny. But, you know, I think of... Uh, I had one of these vehicles at one time and, and it had almost over 300,000 miles on it. And I'll tell you a little story on why I think I'd be this vehicle or I'd want to be this vehicle is a friend of mine and I, his name's actually Kyle Duke. He's, he's a professional off-road racer now and uh, one of our actually sponsored truck racers, but uh, we've been friends for a long time. And um, we, I drove this up to his house and it, felt like it was going to die. It felt like the motor was going out. They had those really small diesel engines that, you know, you'd get passed by semis up, up any <laughs> yeah, hill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> pretty much with no load in the back of the truck. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I told Kyle, I'm like, man, this thing's going to die. We, you know, I'm just going to put a brick on it and, and let it blow up. And he thought it was a great idea. I thought it was a great idea. These are just two young little punk <laughs> kids. So we went out, we were at his dad's house in Beaumont. And we took this little pickup truck out into the yard and literally put a brick on it and watched the clock. Three minutes went by and the engine was still revved to the limit and no sign of it dying. Oh my gosh. And I drove it back. I went on to drive it up to Northern California and drove it back and kept driving it. And it just kept running and running and running. And so when I think about like, you know, my life or what kind of car I want to be, I think that's the car, not the fastest car, not the car that is going to be, you know, the biggest and the baddest car, but the car that's just going to always be there, always get you to the destination, doesn't ever get tired, and so on and so the forth. The car you couldn't kill. Oh, my gosh. That's, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, I remember those, and you never see them anymore. They've probably all rusted away. My very first new car was a 1979 Scirocco that I bought at Mission Bay Volkswagen. I'm not sure if it's even still there. Is that VW dealership still there right off I-5 at Mission Bay? You know, I don't think he's still there because that was their original location was off of India Street, really close to my parents' shop. Yeah. I don't think they're still there now. Yeah. Well, at any rate, I bought my first new car there when I was in college. I'd saved up and I bought a Scirocco, that first generation Scirocco. And I remember seeing those VW Rabbit pickups and, and they were, were they all diesels? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Some people would kit them out and put in a turbo in them or something, but yeah, they're all diesels. 
Yeah, those were kind of funky vehicles. They just were kind of odd looking. And again, I can't even remember the last time I saw one. I think maybe they've all died by now. I have no idea. Ah, what great fun. Well, Robin, we are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions, kind of a lightning round here. Short, quick answers from you for that VW Rabbit pickup truck when we put a brick on the throttle. Oh my gosh, you're a crazy kid. Um, (laughs) Hope your parents aren't listening. Uh, And we'll see what kind of answers we we get from you. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe is contributed to your many successes in life? Yeah, for sure. I always just kind of start where I'm at. So um, even if I don't have it figured out or I, I can't understand what the what the long-term solution is, one of my habits is I always just look at, okay, where am I at right now? And what's the next step that I can actually take? Even if that it means calling a friend and asking for help, that's something. So that's one of my habits that I try to live out on in, in my daily life. It kind of goes back to focusing on actions and not outcomes. But it's something that I try to do throughout the day and and anything that I'm doing, for sure. That way, for me, it helps not to get overwhelmed. Sounds good. How about if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? I think it would be Carlos Sainz. Yeah. Carlos Sainz, the rally driver. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. First one to mention him. Rally drivers, talk about crazy people. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how they do what they do. I, I almost can't watch rally driving because it's just it's like watching motor gp yeah you're just on the razor edge of disaster at every moment those guys i hold them in high regards how about the best automotive advice someone else has ever offered you it better not be put a brick on the throttle no 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 this actually (laughs) this this one came this one came from my dad as well as uh if you have the cash, the car you want is always out there. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a simple, simple thing, but you know, I, I used to say, Oh, this is a good deal. I, you know, we need to buy this right now. We're never going to find one like this again. And right. he'd come back and say, no, don't worry about it. You know, in, in a year from now, if you've got the cash, that car will be out there. <laughs> you know, your dad sounds like mine. He always used to say, if you can't pay cash for it, you can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it was a great thing that he, that he taught me in life is wait and save up and buy the best that you can buy. You'll be happier in the long run. Uh, especially not having that, that burden of debt around your neck. Uh, how about a great resource that's out there for people. Let's talk WD-40 here as far as resources. What kind of resources does WD-40 have for folks so that they can learn more about the products and the great uses of them? For sure. I mean, our website actually is, is very robust. So WD-40.com, it is, uh, it's got all our products, all our uses, and it, it tips out to how-tos and really good information on the products that we have, but also all the problems that they solve, which is key because that's the benefit of, of one of our products. So I'd say our website is an amazing resource and we actually just redid it not too long ago. So it's more robust and it'll kind of learn what you're into based on, you know, where you click and where you navigate to on the website. So it's a really great resource from a brand perspective, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Easy to find listeners, WD40.com. Check it out. How about a book, Robin? Is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners should read as well? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one of my favorite books is Hound of the Sea, and it's it's written by Garrett McNamara. He's a big wave surfer, Um, but just an incredible book, uh, an incredible life journey that he uh, is able to tell you know, I've, I've got to read it again soon. I haven't read it in a while, but a man that's lived so many uh, lives in his lifetime and very inspiring in that, like, 
especially if, uh, you know, you're wondering what's next or what am I going to do or how am I going to evolve? And, and you pick up this book and read it and you go, okay, there's a lot more out there that I can do. <laughs> you know, again, Robin, what is it with you? You keep taking me down memory lane here. You know, I tip, typically read book and biz, business books and things like that. I don't read a lot of fiction or story books. I would call them more sophisticated. My wife bought me that book uh, years ago when we were on a vacation. And she said, don't do any work. Just read this book and have some fun with it. And it's a great book. Hound of the Sea. Uh, the subtitle, I believe, is Wild Man, Wild Waves, Wild Wisdom. Yeah. It's a it's a very cool book. Uh, I, you know, I should go back and read it again as well. It's been a long time since I've read it. So I'll make sure I put a link to that book on Robin's show notes page. Just go to carsia.com, type in Robin Balucci, B-A-L-O-O-C-H-I, and you'll find that book listed with a quick, easy click to buy and over 1,600 books that my inspiring automotive enthusiasts have offered up their suggestion to read. You can fill the whole library with the amazing references that uh, the guests here on Cars yeah have referenced. All right, Robin, we're up to the checkered flag here, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you a very cool collector vehicle today. Whatever you like, doesn't matter how much it costs, I'm going to park it in your garage. But there's a couple rules since I'm writing the check. Uh, one is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with, so that little trick is off the table. I want you to drive it and enjoy it. So no garage queens or dust collectors allowed around here. But here's the hard part. It's the only one cool collector vehicle you can have. So it could be a truck, could be a car, could be a mountain bike. Whatever you'd like, I'm going to buy it for you today. So what, w- what would you like me to purchase for you? Oh, man, that's, that's actually a pretty easy one for me. Okay. It would be an... A late 40s, early 50s Dodge Power Wagon. Another down. Power Wagon. Okay. Uh, yeah. 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 That year model is uh, one of my favorite vehicles for sure. And, and what is it? Again, I mean, the Dodge Power Wagon is one of the, I've driven those things and, and they're not exactly, I like sports cars, so I <laughs> wouldn't really, wouldn't work into my lifestyle, but why a Dodge How would you use it? Like, what would you do with it? Oh boy. I mean, so I've got a goal of, of buying some property and, and potentially building a house. And so when I think about trying to clear the land or, or trying to uh, move stuff or move rocks or do anything like that, you could definitely use it for that. But I've, you know, there's a little bit of nostalgia there for me having had, had one in, that was a yeah. late 80s model. And I have a 19... 19- 90 Dodge Ram Charger now that I'm rebuilding from the frame up. So I've I've always had an affinity for it. But that year, the late 40s, early 50s, I think is kind of what set the tone for power wagons yep. all the way into the 90s. Um, so for me, that's the that's where it all started and began. And it would be great to to get my hands on one of those. There you go. You know, I knew somebody years ago that found one of those. It was actually a California fire service vehicle, and it was from the late 40s. It only had, it had less than 10,000 miles on it because as a fire vehicle, mm-hmm. it just, it kind of set its whole life. And they took it and they restored it and built it up and everything and uh, brought it back. But they left the the doors, the old graphics on the doors where they were. So that patina was kind of there, but they redid all the undercarriage and the motor and everything. So, uh, all right, I'll get to work on that project to see what I can find for you there. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Well, listen, you've taken us on a great ride. I wondered if you should, or if you could share with our listeners one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance uh, before you drive off into the mountainside looking for that property in your late 40s Dodge Power Wagon. I think begin where you are. The task is not to start in a noble place, but to end up in one. It's a, it's an ancient Greek philosophy. I don't know exactly who 
quote it is, but that's, uh, I would say if there's one thing that's really carried me th- throughout my life, that's been the, the major one for sure. And it applies to all facets of life, business, personal career relationships, um, really just being realistic about where you are and, and knowing that you want to end up in a, in a place and it's not about where you exactly are right now. So, yeah, yeah I think that's the one one thing that I could leave as, as parting advice. Absolutely. Great words of wisdom. What's the best way for people to follow along with you and learn more about WD-40? Yeah, for sure. So we have our, uh, obviously our website, WD40.com, Instagram handles for our motorsports enthusiasts is at WD40 Motorsports. And then also check us out at, at WD40 Brand. Me personally, I don't have uh, any social media, believe it or not, but um, <laughs> those would be the three ways to you know, really keep up on what I'm doing. I live the brand. I, I live what we do. So any pictures you see on at WD40 Motorsports or sports marketing content you see on at WD40 Brand, that's definitely one way to keep up with what we are up to. Absolutely. Again, I'll make sure I put links to all these on Robin's show notes page. Robin, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with the listeners and with me. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.